folks, it really is good to see you all tonight, and not just here in the church building, but the folk in the hall as well, I know that there's so many over there. I think it'd be good just before we start to say hello to someone next to you, would you do that and say, you never know where they're coming from? <laughs>
So please have me all with us tonight. It's a special divine hour. You see, because people's fiancé, she's from the town of Balamani, which is definitely the best town in your island. Because that's where we live as well, you see. I'm trying to capture the accent and the dialect, and I'm doing a degree in it. But they are the warmest, loveliest of people, and uh, wherever you're from tonight, you're very, very welcome. This is Father is not well, and we want to remember him in prayer. And we just ask that the two families tonight, that the family Grange, or wherever you come from, might know God's presence and God's touch upon us all. So without much further ado, we're going to ask Pastor Johnny Omara to pray and read the Word of God to us. And then after that, the history of the call by Mr. Keith Wallace is going to do that. As we go to the Lord in prayer tonight, and let us remember, and this is Father Iver, who's all in the hospital, and then also let's remember Pastor English's wife, Heidi, who's also seriously ill in the hospital this evening, too. Let's go to the Lord tonight in prayer, please. Father, in God, we praise you and we thank you. But as we come into thy presence tonight, we do so live through the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're thankful for the precious blood that he shed there at Calvary's cross. And we're thankful for that redemption ground upon which we stand. We thank you that we are accepted in the beloved. We need no other argument. We need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died, and that he died before me. And as we come before a Christ holy God tonight, we confess our need. We confess the Lord that without thee we are and can do nothing. And so, Lord, we pray that thou dost very especially attend to our prayer this evening. And be pleased to presence thyself even here in our midst, we ask. For every detail of the service that lies before us, we pray, O Lord, that help will be given. We pray, O Lord, that the name of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, will be uplifted and magnified indeed in all things. And we pray that this night will go down even in our minds and in our hearts, and indeed in the eternity to come, as a night in which the Lord blessed, a night in which the Lord moved, and the light in which the Lord did unspeakable things, even in our midst we pray. We ask thee, Father, that thou be pleased to bless the church here at Grange. We're thankful for this new chapter that thou has led them to. And we pray, Father, that even as Pastor Craig very soon begins the ministry here, we pray, Father, that thou be pleased to use him, fill him with thy spirit, and be pleased, the Lord, to make his time here a blessed time, and indeed a fruitful time. We ask thee, Father, for the people here at Grange, that they might, even with one accord, rally in behind them, and Lord, that they too might be encouraged as they see the hand of God work through him and through the ministry that together that they will do, even as I has called them to. We're thankful, Father, for this place that thou hast opened, even for the preaching of thy word. We're thankful for the uh, opportunity that even those within this community and beyond have to access the truth of the good news of the gospel. And we pray, Father, that in the weeks and months and years to come, that thou wouldst be pleased to add to this number. And we pray that this will be done even through the saving of souls, that through the Lord, the transforming of lives, and through the calling out even the service of those who have that gift and have that talent even to be used here. O oh Lord, we look to thee. We're asking, Lord, for thy blessing upon our gathering now. Bless Pastor Nile in just a few moments as he brings to us the word of God. Bless Deborah and Lynn as they sing to us also. And for everyone who has that part tonight, 
Truly, may they know that help that comes from thee, and the blessing even be afforded to them. So do us good. We pray for those who cannot be with us tonight. Thou knowest all about them and the various reasons of the team. Thou knowest the disappointment, no doubt, in hearts also. We pray, Father, that thou be pleased to minister to the need, the physical need, that pertains both to Ivor and indeed to Mrs. English as well. And we pray, Father, that thou be pleased to encourage their hearts and strengthen them in the inner man we ask. Have thine own way, and in all the details that pertain to them, we pray that thou be pleased to prove thyself mighty. But bless us now, encourage each weary heart, both those who join with us and perhaps others online, or those who access the service by other means in times to come. May this be a night indeed in which the Spirit of God moves, yeah. through the reading and through the preaching of His Word, and encourages us and calls us even to that higher service for Thee, and help us to emulate our Savior more and more. For it's in His precious name that we pray, and for His sake alone. Amen. Take a Bible reading this evening from the book of Joshua and the chapter 1. The book of Joshua and the chapter 1. And while you're turning there, I'll take the opportunity uh, to say that on behalf of my wife and I, it's a pleasure uh, to be able to be back here once more in Greece and to share with you in this very happy occasion. Indeed, it's a place that's very dear to our hearts, and we pray that even as the work of God goes forward here and continues, that you might know the blessing together even with Pastor Craig and all that the Lord has for you. But we pray truly that the Lord will bless this season and bless this new chapter and truly that his hand will be upon even the endeavours in the weeks and months to come. And for Pastor Craig, we'll be praying for you and we assure you not only of our prayers but also of the fellowship of Morgan and we pray that the Lord indeed will make you an instrument in his hand in this very needy area. Joshua in the chapter 1, we're going to read from the verse 1, and we'll end our reading at the first line. And the Word of God says, Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and as Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not be, uh, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and offer good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Thank you. 
program as you see is a very full one. We don't want to rush through it, and at the same time, we don't want to dander and just hang around. So we're delighted to have my brother that's going to come and give us the history of the call. Oh, good evening, Mr. Chairman, Master Craig Melissa, esteemed formal participants, ladies and gentlemen. It is my pleasure to attempt to give you a short history of the call of Pastor Peter Craig to the pastor of Praise Baptist Church. After the silence of saying goodbye to our beloved pastor, he was just uh, read today, Johnny, and his lovely family in September 2021, the church oversight were determined to seek a new pastor as soon as possible. Knowing the difficulties and adverse effects a lengthy vacancy can bring to any church, we needed God's man to shepherd the flock that was to truly fulfill his commission here at Grange. We are indebted to Pastor Johnny, not only for his positive advice and support in this matter, but also for his arrangement with speakers for the first few months after his departure to pastor the church in Bergen. Quite a number of men have been very ably and faithfully ministered over the period of vacancy, and it's agreed that some of them are either taking a formal part or are in attendance tonight. Your labors for the Lord in this case have been very much appreciated. At the half yearly business meeting in November 2021, the members agreed that the oversight group be, uh, to be the call committee and take responsibility for the search for a new pastor. The process of seeking God's will in prayer, discussing possible candidates, and active listening and observing started in subsequent office prayers meetings and in individuals' hearts and minds. I believe that technology has done some harm to many churches over the last couple of years, but I must admit that it has been very useful for listening to Pastor Craig and other men preach elsewhere in addition to their visits to the church. Indeed, some of the men who were given very serious consideration are also in the building tonight. Throughout the process, the thoughts of a very small group of trusted advisors from outside the church were sought and graciously given, and we thank those particular people for their help. A series of special church prayer meetings was held to specifically seek the Lord's guidance in our search for a pastor, and it was also a regular topic in our normal weekly prayer meetings. Genuine and heartfelt seeking of God's leading in the matter was made. Pastor Craig was responsible for the Lord's Day services on the 30th of January 2022, and there was a day of great blessing in the church. In preparation for this report, I listened to Peter's preaching on that day again and was reminded of just how powerful both the teaching and the proclamation of the Gospel was. The titles for the two services were aware when they had sang a hymn, and I am the Good Shepherd. He even played the piano that day, as none of our musicians were available. Even at that very early stage, there was a palpable feeling within the church family that God may be identifying this man as someone to be prayed over as we considered a pastor for the church at Grange. Now I've thought long and hard about including this next bit, but I think I can now have heard the great news of Peter and Lucy's engagement in the gym this year. Why is that particularly significant? Well, Lucy, you must take some responsibility for this evening as well. See, when Peter brought you along with him that first Sunday in January, you made quite an impression too. Although, of course, we could not allow it to be a really significant factor in our decisions given the, the then circumstances, it was noted that in an unfamiliar setting, you showed a warm, friendly, genuine Christian personality. Just what you would wish for a pastor's life, perhaps. This was further demonstrated and appreciated when you attended several of the midnight meetings I'm going to refer to next. 
It was with great anticipation and expectation of God's blessing that we look forward to Peter being responsible for our midweek Bible studies and prayer meetings in March 2022. This five-week series of meetings on the theme from Liturgy Awake was to be pivotal in strengthening the Church's conviction that the Lord was clearly leading us to a man that we should very seriously consider calling to be our pastor. Whilst, as he said during that series, the message is more important than the messenger, his expository teaching on the book of Malachi was simply outstanding, leaving us very deeply challenged each week and the strong presence of the Holy Spirit to felt reality throughout the month. The positive feelings of the Church, including the oversight, towards Pastor Craig were reinforced and increasingly expressed. In a further effort to be sure of God's leading, we invited Pastor Craig to speak at our men's breakfast on the 9th of April this year. This particular outreach requires a people person demeanor from the speakers and an ability to present the gospel message in a very limited time. Pastor Craig did exceptionally well on both points, and his pastoral attitude and abilities during the morning were noted and greatly welcomed. Following this, the call committee were fully convinced that it was the Lord's will to bring Peter's name to the church as a prospective pastor. At a church business meeting on the 4th of May, the oversight informed the membership that they felt they had felt the Lord's leading in proposing that they approach Pastor Craig regarding the possibility of taking up the pastor at the range. The members readily approved this proposal, and we were very thankful that Peter also accepted the opportunity to discuss the matter further. Many of you will know that during this time, Peter underwent surgery on his knee, and his mobility was somewhat impaired. Therefore, on the 10th of May, a small number of the call committee had the privilege of travelling to his parents' house in Comber to meet with him. In a private area of their lovely home, the office bearers and Pastor Craig had a very informal, thorough and enjoyable interview chat. We must thank Peter's mum Susan and brother Timmy for the warmth of greeting and hospitality shown that night. It is so great to see the family here tonight and we hope to get to know you better in the future. Having been more than satisfied with the outcome of the interview chat and assured of the Lord's leading, the call committee presented their findings to the members at a special business meeting on the 25th of May and formally proposed that the church issue a pastoral call to Peter to Pastor Craig. And to decided to report that in a valid vote, the members voted unanimously in support of the call. Our, our elder, Bill Bailey, advised Peter of the decision after the meeting. Fully aware that Pastor Craig needed to be personally sure of God's will for his life, and for him to speak with Pastor Taylor and the other elders of Bondage Baptist Church to listen and to the family and friends, we were content, if a little impatient, to give him sufficient time to consider the call. Having received the phone call from Pastor Craig on the 7th of June, our mother Bill made an announcement to the church on the 12th of June. It was with the greatest of joy then that we learned that Peter had accepted the call, and we did then and do now give Almighty God all the glory of thanksgiving for providing us with his under shepherd and our shepherd. <clears throat> it is our prayer that our gracious Lord will richly bless Pastor Craig and the fellowship at Grange as we start out on this new chapter. We also pray for much blessing and the fellowship at Bombridge, who we are sure will miss Peter greatly. Can I just informally at this stage of the evening welcome Pastor Craig to the family year and assure him of the love and strongly felt best wishes for the members <coughs> at Beards and Friends at Grange. We also greatly look forward to this. He joined the fellowship in due course.
pieces which are pretty fresh to us as in a couple of days old maybe so this will again solo us in this piece and I'm going to come out of course he will keep you as his columns based on Psalm 121 
so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Therefore, it will be Peter's duty to preach and teach the Word of God from the Holy Scriptures, to be a faithful shepherd of the flock of Christ, and those undertaking this ministry are entitled to the prayerful support, practical provision, and due honor of the Church, as the Lord has commanded. The undertaking of such a ministry rests upon the call of God, as we have just heard, acknowledged also and confirmed by the Church. Therefore, I shall ask Peter to declare that confessing the Lord Jesus Christ as a Saviour, he believes that he is called of God to this ministry and will fully discharge his duties faithfully. Then, I shall ask the members of this church to declare that, being guided by the Holy Spirit, they have called him to be their pastor and teacher, and that they now receive him as appointed by the Lord. My dear young brother, it really is lovely to see you tonight, and it's a pleasure and privilege to us all to be sharing with you. May I ask you, Peter, in the presence of God and of this congregation, that you will answer with all sincerity of heart the questions I now ask of you. Do you believe in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? And do you now confess in you Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord? Do you believe in your heart that you are called of God into the ministry of the Gospel and the pastoral oversight of this church? Do you promise to preach and teach the Word of God from the Holy Scriptures? Do you shepherd the flock of Christ and execute your charge with all faithfulness? Do you promise to be faithful in prayer and in the reading and study of the Holy Scriptures, and to lead a life that's worthy of your calling. I will endeavor to do so with the Lord's help. I'm going to rest the members of the church. I know it's some in the hall, some are preparing our supper tonight, and some are in the church here, the building. I'm going to ask the members of the church, both here and in the hall and elsewhere, just to respond to what I'm going to say now. So any of the members of the church, will you please stand? Lovely, that's great. Will the members of this church stand in their places and answer the following question? If they so believe with the words we do. Do you, the members of the church in Grange, and acknowledge and receive Peter Craig as the pastor of this church and this congregation 
And will you work together with him? And Lucy, giving him all the due honor and support of the Lord. If so, answer, we do. Thank you very much indeed. That's it. You couldn't see the members of the hall, but uh, we are with them in spirit. They can see us, but we can't see them. Now, Bill, Bill Bailey, who's the elder of the church, is going to come in a moment and just give the right hand of fellowship. But if I may, I'd like to pray with you, my Father, we just thank you so much for this very special night. And we ask, Lord, that you would continue to keep your hand upon your servant. We believe that you've called him into the ministry of the gospel and of the word. And we pray, Lord, that from tonight on, tonight on, Father, he might know more than ever the endurement of the Holy Spirit for the attachment is ahead of him. And Lord, we give you all the glory in the Savior's name. Amen. Hey, uh, Pastor Craig, um, we're happy to have today. Um, this is something we have uh, thought about, prayed about, and we felt that the Lord's God is leading um, very much uh, in the occasion uh, tonight. And it's my pleasure uh, to warmly welcome you on behalf of the fellowship, both then to uh, membership here at Craig and also in the pastorate. And uh, we send the right hand of fellowship to you and sincerely welcome you into our ministry. Pray that uh, you will be blessed and that we will be blessed through your ministry um, in the coming days um, as we fellowship together. You're very welcome to come. Looking forward to serving with you um, in these. But just let's, uh, as Pastor Alain used to come, let's just commit um, the gathering on to the Lord in the blessing for Pastor Craig and upon the pastor and even upon our fellowship uh, here tonight. Our Heavenly Father, we come humbly into your presence and we thank you that uh, you have so well and so ordered uh, this fellowship, our Heavenly Father, that under Christ we recognize that he is the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, but our Heavenly Father, he is even the head of the church. But our Father, we are glad that uh, your people here even can be led, can be fed and guided and helped and ministered to even by faithful servants, ones you have uh, called, ones you have gifted, and ones that you have set aside even for this very uh, special and important task. And our Father, we thank you that even uh, in Grange Baptist tonight, um, that you have again uh, provided a pastor for us, to lead us, but even to teach us, to guide us. And our Father, we thank you uh, for that. And we Father, just at this time, we Seek that you would even impart him by your Holy Spirit for the task that he has ahead of him. Our Father, fill him with wisdom, fill him with love, fill him with understanding and the insight that he might discern your will so clearly that he can boldly proclaim even your word to us here. Our Father, we pray that you will uh, enable him to be a faithful pastor, a loving pastor, our Heavenly Father, that uh, we are people might be challenged not only as he preaches your word, but even challenged by even the manner of his life. Our Father, been built up and strengthened, and even as we fellowship around the table each week, our Heavenly Father, we pray that we will have a blessed time together. Our Father, we pray that even uh, at this time with a new pastor coming in, you will help us to grow spiritually. Our Father, you will help us to grow numerically, even as we see 
Uh, and you're well or foul, people come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, placing their faith and trust in him. And our Father, we pray for your blessing upon this thing, upon Peter, our Father. We just pray that even in the recent engagement, that it will be a marriage, even blessed for yourself. And for our brothers and sisters and God bless your Father, we just uh, raise a thankful note of prayer, even for the spiritual instruction even that Peter will have received there, that will be even a great benefit, uh, even to us here in the Grange. So we give thanks, our Father, for uh, those who have gone before. We see Pastor Robert and uh, Pastor Chambers even here tonight. And our Father, we thank you for many faithful men through the years who have ministered here. And our Father, we just pray that even in your will, that this little light and this fellowship, our Father, will uh, maintain, will be uh, still alive and still uh, glowing for you, even when that time comes when you come to call your bride and snatch her away onto yourself. Our Father, we just pray even for the many of you have helped us uh, during our vacancy, even helping us tonight, our Father, and we thank you for uh, these faithful witnesses, uh, even at that time. Our Father, thank you for your help so far tonight. Thank you for your presence with us. Mm-hmm. And our Father, I pray uh, that you will bless us and instruct us even as we meet around your word a little later. So, our Father, we commend Peter to you, mm-hmm. and we commend this pastor to you. Yes. Our Father, we commend this work uh, and grace to you, and we ask that you might prosper the work here for your mm-hmm. glory mm-hmm. and for your honor, because we ask it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And thanks to Bill for sharing with us and for all the people that he's done over this a long while now with uh, Dickens and other folk in the church to continue to hand on the baton and to shine the light in the needy world. Now we're going to have a presentation by Matthew and Kirsty Gallant. They're going to come and uh, present something special, I know. And then after that, uh, Pastor Craig will respond. in my life 
And I thank you, each of you, for the godly Christian influence that you have had upon me. I hope that this is an encouragement to you Sunday school teachers who are here this evening and youth leaders, that your work is not in vain. That as you enter a new winter season, that you'll continue to faithfully teach the boys and girls and young people the importance of salvation and encourage them to live their lives for Christ. I'm humbled to stand here this evening, having been inducted as pastor of Greens Baptist Church. I feel my inadequacy for the task ahead, but with the Lord's help, we trust that we will see the church move forward. And with, the, with many coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Saviour, and also for the encouragement and building up of the saints who are already here. I will need your patience. I will need your support. But most of all, I will need your prayer. Mm-hmm. It was on Wednesday, the 9th of March of this year, and the bill first approached me with regard to the vacancy at Greens. I was happy at Bambridge, and I had a wonderful couple of years there, but I knew I was open to the call of God in my life. And wherever he led me, I was willing to go. I remember as I went to bed that evening, the bill had phoned me, I couldn't sleep at all. I was very unsettled. The last thing I wanted to do was step out of the will of God and lose his blessing and the sense of the divine presence with me. And I remember praying, Lord, if it is the Greens, you need to make it clear to me that you're coming with me. I was restless, and I turned to my Bible in the middle of the night. And you know, it's the passage that Pastor Ron Rod read at the beginning of this service that I turned to that night. And verse 9 stood out to me. And said, Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. The Lord's promise was clear to me. He was promising me that wherever I went, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. I continue to pray for Bill and for the leadership here at the Greens, and that the Lord would guide and direct them if I was to be the pastor here. At the men's breakfast in April, they expressed to me that the oversight of Greens were unanimously agreed that they would like to take my name to the church members who were happy for the oversight to proceed. And at the end of May, Bill called me to inform me that after another member's meeting that the assembly would like to issue me with a call. That evening I turned back to Joshua 1, again the passage that Pastor Ormond read at the beginning of the service. This time another verse stood out to me, and it was verse 2, and these words stood out to me in verse 2. Just says this, Now therefore, arise, go. This was certainly very clear. But I continued to pray over the following couple of weeks. I began to pray the same prayer that I prayed when I believed the Lord was calling me to Van Bridge. I prayed, Lord, I see an open door. You're the God who can close the door if it's not right. But as long as it stays open, I'm willing to walk through it. I continued to pray this prayer. Then on Friday the 3rd of June, 
I received a message from a faithful friend who's a prayer warrior for many of the pastors around Northern Ireland. And of course, that was Pastor Lyle. His message simply read this. It said, Peter, pray away for you this time of decision. Revelation 3, verse 8. I knew what that verse said before I opened my Bible. I've been praying about an open door. And that verse reads, Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. At that point, I knew that Greens was the next step that the Lord had for me. I stand here tonight with great excitement and anticipation as I consider what the Lord has in store for our church fellowship. I feel the burden of the responsibility, but I know with God's help and your prayers that the Lord will bless us in the coming months and God will years ahead. Oh, wasn't that good, folks? Yeah, it was really good, that, and uh, I'm sure that as Peter comes to rest, that we all will bless him and bless you in your shame and shame. Now, honestly, I love him. I think you may know it as you look at this particular hymn. Before we do that, after we sing the hymn, Pastor Lyle is going to come and share with us the wonderful truth of the Word of God. I remember Dennis when he came to the Isle of Man many, many years ago. He was a very, very young pastor in those days. So it was in the good old days, a long, long time ago. And it's a real privilege and thrill to have him with us tonight. Because I know that he and so many other godly men have uh, built into Peter's life and been a blessing. So let's stand and sing this wonderful hymn. As I said, Dennis came from the other man to preach for us. And can I say this? He wasn't only seen, but he was heard. <laughs> <laughs> so let's sing this great And then our brother will come and
to thank Peter tonight for his invitation to come and speak at this special induction and installation service. I suppose uh, my memory of the Craig family was back many, many years ago to Herne Bay Court in the southeast of England. I think that was the first time I came into contact with them, and that was many, many years ago. And we have followed Peter with prayerful interest as he was exercised about to go into Bible College and then was exercised about the call uh, to the church at Bandridge. And we have followed his progress with prayerful interest. And when he got the call to the Grange, we certainly were remembering before the throne of grace. Got to know Lucy in recent days and her dad and mom, as I had the privilege and honour of preaching at Hebron Free Presbyterian Church in Balamone. And it's good to know that Lucy, well, as Catherine has on my life, she will have a stabilizing influence on Peter's life. Because she comes from a free pea background and she she'll keep him on the straight and narrow. <laughs> We trust that both of them together will know the blessing of God in this fellowship tonight and in the days that lie ahead. I was speaking to someone else in the ministry, I think he's here this evening, a good friend of mine also who's just started recently and we were talking about sometimes how you feel, how the pastor feels on Monday morning. Sometimes there's Monday morning blues, and sometimes you go away from the pulpit on Sunday night, perhaps feeling that yesterday wasn't as good as it could have been. And so, Peter, all the messages that you preach from this pulpit, I'm sure they will be profitable, but sometimes you'll feel that maybe you preached a bad one or two. Reminds me of the story of the pastor and his wife, and she was out shopping one day. He was plundering around in the bedroom. And uh, as he was plundering around, he, he noticed he noticed under the bed a dozen eggs. He thought this was rather strange. And they began to plunder a wee bit more. You know what it's like, man. And not only did he find a dozen eggs, but he found in a box a thousand pounds in cash. And he wondered what, what all this was really about. And so when his wife came home that day, he challenged her. He said, dear, I was wandering around in the bedroom today while you were out shopping and I noticed a dozen eggs. She said, dear, every time you preached a bad sermon, I put an egg in the box. And he thought to himself, well, I've been in this church for 10 years, and there's only 12 eggs in the box. That, that's, that's really not too bad. And then he said to her, well, what's the significance of the thousand pounds? She says, every time I gathered a dozen eggs to gather a story. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peter, there will be times when you will leave this pulpit on a Sunday night and perhaps 
It didn't go as well as you thought it should, but anyhow, the Lord is with you and we pray that God's blessing will be upon you in the days that lie ahead. I invite you to turn back to Joshua chapter 1, the passage that my pastor read to you this evening. And this being this passage, I didn't know that this passage was the passage uh, that Peter was spoken to about. I had no conversation with him at all about this passage. But this is the passage that has been on my heart and mind since the time that Peter asked me to do this task this evening. And I want to talk to Peter, and I want to talk to the church at Grange from this passage on the subject into the unknown future. Into the unknown future. Maybe we could just bow in a moment of prayer and ask for the Lord's help as we come to his word. Our Father, we thank you tonight for everything that has taken place in our service so far. We thank you for the call of God to Peter. And Lord, we pray for him and for Lucy as she will join him perhaps shortly. We pray thy blessing upon them both. And we ask thee, Lord, that in this church fellowship, thou wilt take them up. That thou wilt empower them, that thou wilt use them. And Lord, together, that in this community they might be a force for God and a force for good. And we pray, Lord, that through their ministry, that souls would be saved, that the church of Jesus Christ in this corner of the vineyard would be built up, that they might know times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Lord, that your word is not only the basis of our, our salvation, it's the basis of our sanctification. We remember the Lord Jesus Christ, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And Lord, we pray tonight that as we come to thy word, that we might know the help and the aid and the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God, that the word of the Lord might have free course in our midst and be glorified. We ask these mercies through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Into the unknown future. On the 12th of April, 1945, Harry Truman received a message asking him to come to the White House as quickly and quietly as you can. Truman left what he was doing immediately. He thought that the president had a special task for him to do. And to his surprise on that occasion, when he entered into the White House, he was ushered into Mrs. Roosevelt's sitting room. She got up, she put her hand upon his shoulder and she said, Harry, the president is dead. Truman was too stunned to speak. After a moment or two, he managed to say to Mrs. Truman, is there anything that I can do for you? No, Harry, she said. Is there anything that we can do for you? For you are the one in trouble now. It's hard enough to become president of the United States of America at any time. But this happened to be in the middle of the Second World War. 
President Roosevelt had been the longest serving president in American history. The war was going well, but there were big decisions that had to be made. And now all the responsibility of leading his nation and the free world was suddenly on Harry Truman's shoulders. The next day he said this, I felt like the moon and the stars and the planets had all fallen on me. Few assignments are more difficult than following a gifted or a great leader, whether that leader be a president, a parent, or a pastor. But in leaders, no matter how gifted, no matter how good, no matter how godly, don't last forever. Change is inevitable. Good people die or depart. New problems arise. New opportunities emerge. Danny English says, Sometimes we would love to clone the past, but life doesn't work that way. And all of the space times in the relay of life, when the baton is in our hands and the next lap is ours. Can you imagine the feelings of Joshua when the Lord said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan. Can you imagine the feelings of Elisha when Elijah was standing, when Elijah was translated to heaven, and Elisha standing on the banks of the river Jordan, and he's crying, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Can you imagine the feelings of the young preacher boy Timothy when Paul said to him, Timothy, the time of my departure is at hand. And yet, dear friends, do we not need to be reminded tonight that when a man of God dies, or when a man of God departs, nothing of God dies. When God's leader is removed, everything of God remains transition times, or times to refocus on the unchanging God. The question tonight is not, where is Elijah? The question is, where is the Lord God of Elijah? For although Elijah was missing, God was still present and active. Pastor was retiring from pastoral ministry. He was visiting one of his members. He said, I know I'm leaving, but cheer up. You'll probably get a better pastor when I go, the member said. Not necessarily, that's what the last one said before he did. <laughs> Moses is dead. What a daunting prospect that would conjure up in Joshua's mind. No longer could he lean upon his old mentor. He was left with God alone. And who can step into the shoes of a man of such massive stature and personality? Exit Moses, faithful leader, a man with a face-to-face -face relationship with God, a trusted friend who saw them through difficult times. Enter Joshua, Moses' servant or minister. You ever thought about the possibilities? that must have been coursing through Joshua's mind. There was a new land that he had to enter. There was a new enemy that he had to face. There were new obstacles that he had to surmount. There were new dangers he had to recognize. There were new problems that he had to solve. There were new 
There were new trials that he had to conquer. Joshua was stepping into the unknown future. Is that not where Peter stands this evening? You know, my dear friends, no matter how you think about it, being a pastor is not easy. Someone has expressed it like this. If the pastor's young, they say he lacks experience. If his hair's gray, he's too old for the young people. If he's five children, he's too many. If he's no children, he's setting a bad example. If he preaches from notes, he's got canned sermons in his dry. If he preaches without notes, he is indeed. If he pays attention to the poor people in the church, they clear his playing to the grandstand. If he pays attention to the wealthy, they say he's an aristocrat. If he uses too many illustrations, he neglects the Bible. If he doesn't use enough stories, he isn't clear enough. If he condemns wrong, he's cranky. If he, if he doesn't preach against sin, he's a compromiser. If he preaches the truth, he's offensive. If he doesn't preach the truth, he's a hypocrite. If he feels to please everybody, he's hurting the church and ought to leave. If he does please everybody, he has no convictions. If he drives an old car, he shames his congregation. If he drives a new car, he's selling his affection upon earthly things. If he preaches all the time, people get tired of him. If he invites guest preachers, he's shirking his responsibility. If he receives a large salary, he's mercenary. If he receives a small salary, well, they say, it proves he ain't worth much anyhow. <laughs> Now here's Joshua, and he's stepping into the unknown future, and as he steps into the unknown future, the Lord asks him and Peter to do three things. Notice them very quickly tonight. First of all, trust the purpose of God. Trust the purpose of God. You see, as Joshua steps into the unknown future, God meets him with a message that lifts him above his, above his fears, above his apprehension. Notice that God calls Joshua to trust his purpose. Verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, the son of non Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan now, and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. God's purpose for Joshua held at least two things. First of all, there was the prospect of human difficulty. Arise, go over this Jordan. Think of what this meant economically. I mean, this colossal crowd, possibly, what, two and a half million, they had to be fed prior to this time. Quails had been provided for meat, manna had been provided for bread, water had been provided to drink. But would the quails appear again? Would the manna fall from heaven? How could this population, how could two and a half million people be fed as they entered into the land of Canaan? Arise, go over this Jordan. There was the prospect that he faced 
economically. There was the prospect that he faced militaristically. You see, Joshua was facing one of the most gigantic adventures and wars in the history of the Bible. Seven nations had to be conquered across Jordan. Every one of them had to be wiped out. Jericho had to be raised. Later I and other cities had to be subdued. Joshua had to lead the people into the land and take the land. Arise, go over this Jordan. Think of what this meant economically. Think of what this meant militaristically. Think of what this meant spiritually. For Joshua had to direct God's people in a spiritual path and keep them from idolatry. There was the prospect of human difficulty. Now, Peter, you're going to have problems. If you preach it like it is, you will have problems. If this church holds to the old paths, it will have problems. Joseph Parker said of C.H. Spurgeon, the only colors that Spurgeon knew were black or white. In all things he was definite. You were either in or out, up or down, alive or dead with Spurgeon. Old Vance Havner says, and I quote, the Ichabod Memorial Church decides to pack them in with folk music. And then over at Ephesus they say, we'll try a TV personality. And then over at Sardis they say, we're going to put on Aunt Dinah's quilting party. Come dress like they were a hundred years ago and we'll see old Nelly home. And then over at Laodicea, they're going to get a talking horn. I heard about a church that caught a talking horse. They asked the old horse how many commandments they were. And the old horse come ten times. And then they asked the old horse how many apostles they were. And the old horse come twelve times. And then some netman in the church shouted out, How many hypocrites are there in this church? And the old horse went into a dance on all fours. And they couldn't get him stopped. Someone once said about pastors, first year they idolize you, second year they criticize you, third year they ostracize you. Peter, as you seek to shepherd the flock, as you seek to serve the flock, as you seek to show the flock, there will be difficulties. But I want you to notice that over against the prospect of human difficulty, there's the promise of divine sufficiency. Joshua, I know all that you're facing economically. I know all that you're facing militaristically. I know all that you're facing spiritually. But Joshua, I will not feel me nor forsake me. Someone once said the will of God will never lead you, or the grace of God cannot keep you. Paul says our sufficiency is of God. Do you know what that simply means? Our confidence comes from God. Our enabling comes from the Lord. Peter, Lucy, God will not fail you economically. Christ says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I heard about a couple who were serving the Lord in their first church and money was a bit tight. One day the pastor was angry with his wife. He saw, he saw a receipt. On the bed, which cost over 300 pounds, he said to her, how could you do this? Well, she said, you know, I was outside the store looking in, 
at the dress and the window and then I, I just found myself in the shop trying it on. It was like the enemy was whispering in my ear, you look fabulous in that dress. Why? Her husband looked at her, her husband pastor looked at her. He was rather cross. He said, you know how I deal with that kind of temptation? I just say, get thee behind me, Satan. His wife said, I did say that, but he said it looks fabulous from back here too. <laughs> Peter and Lucy, God will not fail you economically. God will not fail you militaristically in the battle for souls, in the business of service, in the burden of saints. The Lord will not fail you. He'll not fail you economically. He'll not fail you militaristically. He'll not fail you spiritually. What a moment this was. Joshua was was to lead Israel into the promised land. He needed all the guidance, the wisdom, the determination, the tenacity, every other quality to be mustered for this enormous task. But then God says, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. His sufficiency is of God. Peter, he who wrought wonders in Egypt, he who opened the Red Sea and brought Israel out of Egypt, by the power of his hand and by the blood of the Lamb. This mighty God is for you. Do you need his grace right now? He's the fountain of grace. Do you need his wisdom as you seek to shepherd the flock of God? He's the source of wisdom. Do you need his love for someone perhaps who will be anything but love, loving toward you? God is love. Sure, in this new chapter in the life of pastor and people, it will bring us challenges, but bless God for the promise of divine sufficiency. I will not feel thee nor forsake thee. A dear lady who walked with God for many years had the letters P and P on many pages of her Bible. A friend asked what they signified. Oh, she said, they stand for tried and true. Peter, Lucy, when you try and prove this one, I will not feel thee nor forsake thee. As you step into the unknown future, here's the first thing. Trust, trust the purpose of God. Here's the second thing. Trust the presence of God. Joshua was not alone. Oh, you say he had several million Jews with him, working with him. No, I'm not talking about that. I wonder if you ever considered the loneliness of leadership. When I was a young Christian, I was brought along on Tuesday night to learn Baptist Church, and I was greatly helped through my spiritual mentor, Pastor Ole Mullen. I went to Bible conferences all over the country, and I did what some of you are doing tonight. You see, it's so easy to look into the pulpit and say, these people have no problems, they haven't been. But now I'm beginning to understand the loneliness of leadership. You see, leaders have to make decisions that have far-reaching consequences. Pastors have to walk a lonely path where they and they alone have to make decisions that involve their family, their kids, their church, you, the loneliness of leadership. Why you say, sure, you're surrounded by people who pray for you, I trust I am. But as the late Harry Truman says, the responsibility stops here. Mr. Truman said, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Here's Joshua. 
and he's looking at these people and he's saying, these people have put their lives in my hands. Here are families of children. Joshua is the man who's going to give them a place to live. Joshua is the man who's going to give them food to eat. Joshua is the man who's going to give them water to drink. Here's Joshua with the future of the nation in his hands. But that's not all. One day a Savior is going to be born. Bethlehem has to be captured. Someone has to capture Bethlehem. Joshua is helping God fulfill his plan of redemption. That's a big undertaking. The loneliness of leadership. President Truman said on one occasion to be president of the United States of America is to be lonely, very lonely in times of great decision. Woodrow Wilson, another president of the United States, said, It's an awful thing to be president of the United States. It means giving up everything that one holds dear. The loneliness of leadership. And yet Joshua discovered that God was with them. Notice the promise of God assured him of this. Look at chapter 1 and verse 1. Here in this opening statement we read these words. Now after the death of Moses, everything fell apart and came to a halt. But is that not the way some of you think? Oh, if we had only a different pastor. If we had only a different eldership, that would be the end of this church. No, it wouldn't. It might be the beginning. Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Was it not Matthew Henry who said, God buries his workmen, he carries on his work. God didn't stop talking when Moses died. Look at verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead now, therefore arise over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. And then look at verse 5. There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And then look at verse 9. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And then God says in chapter 3, verse 7, he repeats it again. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Joshua was not alone. God was with him. Well, Peter, as you stand behind this sacred desk, that you might know the presence of God, our WDL, one of the famous preachers from Birmingham, said on one occasion, Christ is so real to me as that chair on this platform. Wouldn't it be great to say that and mean it? Joshua was not alone. The promise of God assured him of this. And then look at verse 17. The people of God assured him of this. According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. See how they encouraged him. You encourage the servants of God. Somebody said to me recently, as you grow older, you either become a critic or an encourager. I want to be an encourager. I want to be an encourager to my own pastor. 
Do you encourage the servants of God? Will you stand behind your new pastor? Oh, my dear friends, if every church, if every church had a congregation like this, we would turn the world upside down. Pastors come and go. God leads men to different places. A new pastor comes in and the church member says, Well, you aren't my former pastor. He led me to the Lord. He baptized me. Wonderful. But wouldn't it be wonderful if they said, As the Lord was with our former pastor, so may he be with you. God was with Joshua. The promise of God assured him of this. The people of God assured him of this. My dear friends, the power of God assured him of this. God was working on Joshua's behalf. Look at chapter 2 and verse 10. Here's Rahab. And she says, We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when he came out of Egypt and what he did unto the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon, and all, whom he utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man. Because of you, for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Why even the enemy knew that God was with Joshua. It's interesting that the Gospel of Matthew begins with Emmanuel. God with us. It ends with, though I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, so that we have the assurance in every circumstance of life that the Lord is with us. Peter, some Monday morning when you're discouraged, and you think you're all alone, read the life of another man who conquered cities. Joshua came and declared war. Paul came and declared peace. Paul would show up in the city and declare peace. Be ye reconciled to God. Paul came to Corinth and he got so discouraged that the Lord came to Corinth one night and said, Be not afraid, but speak and hold thy peace, for I am with thee. Paul went to Jerusalem. They arrested him. He's in prison, and the Lord says, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also in Rome, that on board ship a storm comes, they're all afraid, they're going to lose everything. The Lord shows up and says, Paul, don't be afraid, thou must be brought before Caesar, and oh God hath given them all that seal with thee. Paul gets to Rome, he's standing in a Roman courtroom, there's not one friend he fears, not one believer standing with him. He says, in my first defense, in my first answer, no man stood with me, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me, and strengthened me. Peter and Lucy, as you step out into the unknown future and the church at Grange, trust the purpose of God. Trust the presence of God. There's a third thing I want you to notice. Trust the precepts of God. Look at verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. Which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper, whithersoever thou goest, as I understand it. Joshua was about to lead the people of God into the promised land. He had only Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He had only the Pentateuch. But you notice what God said Joshua had to do with the law. He was to do three things within one. He was to meditate on it continually. Verse 8. 
This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. It literally means to digest, to masturbate. It comes from the Hebrew thought of chewing the cob. Harry Ironside was a great Bible teacher. He tells the story of visiting a, a godly Ulster man by the name of Andrew Fraser Fraser. And Andrew Fraser had come to the Sunshine State of California to try and get some measure of healing from tuberculosis. The old man could hardly speak. His lungs were almost gone. But the day that Ironside visited this old saint, he opened up his well-worn Bible until his strength was almost gone. And sweetly and simply, he opened up truth after truth to Ironside in a way that Ironside had never heard before. Harry Ironside was sitting there. The tears were coursing down his cheek. He said, Mr. Fraser, where did you get all these things? Could you tell me, Mr. Fraser, of a book that would open up all these truths to me? Did you learn these truths in some theological institution, in some Bible college or seminary? Fraser responded, my dear young man, <coughs> I learned these truths on the mud floor of a little college in Northern Ireland. And there with the Bible before me, I used to meet him for hours. Hours upon end and ask the Spirit of God to reveal Christ to my soul and open up the Word to me. And He taught me more on my knees on that mud floor than ever I could have learned in all the seminaries and Bible colleges in the world. You know what I've discovered over the years? The best thing that your pastor can do for you is to be prepared to preach and teach the Word. And so you need to be continually releasing him from good things so that he might give himself to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. I mean, Peter will have to be alone in the Word. He'll have to be alone in prayer. He'll be seeking to get food for the flock. And that takes time, more time than most of you realize. Meditate on it continually. Look again. He was not only to meditate on it continually, but look at verse 7. He was to follow it exclusively. Turn not from the right hand or to the left. That is the word, the law. Don't go this way. Don't go that way. Whatever it says, you do it. Peter, I would exhort you with all the emotion of my soul tonight. Don't be ashamed. To stand up for what you believe. Peter, don't go soft on Rome. Don't go soft on the charismatic movement. Don't go soft on the ecumenical movement. Don't go soft on any other movement that takes you away from the authority, the centrality, and the priority of the Word of God. And when someone comes and says to your pastor, can we lighten up a wee bit? What are you to do? Don't compromise. And remember God's unchanging principle. Them that honor me, I will honor. Meditate on it. Continually. Follow it exclusively. Something else. Preach it faithfully. 
You see, Joshua was not only chosen and Joshua was not only commissioned, Joshua was charged. He was to stand before Eliezer, the high priest, to receive guidance from God. And then he was to relay those instructions to the nation. What a responsibility he had, for he had to be sure of what God was saying. He had to have a word from God for the people. Is that not what we need in our day? A word from God to the people. Do we not need to live to be living so close to our great high priest that we might hear his slightest whisper and be able to give that word to the people? Of course, that word will be based on this word, the word of God. Peter, to Peter who has had godly parents, to Peter who has had good churches, to Peter who has had great influences, to Peter who has had gracious counselors, I would say tonight, Peter, preach the word. Preach it faithfully. As the herald declares the message of the king, preach it incessantly, in season and out of season, preach it effectively, reprove, rebuke, exhort, preach it persistently, even though folk will not endure sound doctrine, preach it evangelistically, do the work of an evangelist. What kind of preaching do we need today? We need the same kind that we have always needed. We don't need a new preacher. We have new preachers in some quarters today. But we don't need them. We don't need a new Bible. We don't need a new preacher. Preach the Word. Preach the old book. It will do the job. People want to hear again the old, old truths from the old, old book. Preach the Word. The answer for our age, the answer for our day, the answer for our generation, the answer for our country, the answer for Ulster is the Word of God. And so Peter and Lucy, the church at Greenwich, as you step out into the unknown future, trust, trust the purpose of God. Trust the presence of God. Trust the precepts of God. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous. And then shalt thou have good success. We thank God for his word. And we bless God for all his being saved to us tonight for this service. And we're going to ask a couple of men to come and share with us in song. Spoken word, the sun word. It's good to have the word of God.
We have been blessed by his preaching. We have been blessed by the contribution to the overall life of our fellowship. And we will continue to follow his progress here in Grange Baptist Church. These are exciting times. I'm glad Peter's excited. I know him well enough to know that he means that. And he should be excited because this is the next chapter as God leads him on with himself as he comes to pass to the church here. I can say without a shadow of doubt that Peter has been faithful to the preaching of God's word. Pastor already tonight, Pastor Elias told him to keep doing that. And you know whether he was ministering to the saints of God or whether he was preaching the gospel of God's grace, he has done it faithfully and he has done it passionately. And I've absolutely no doubt that he will continue to do the same here. People, you may remember that at your farewell, as we brought the word of God to you, I said to you this, and I'm going to say it as I close again tonight. The word won't always be easy. But God has called you here, and God's people are glad that you're here. Hold fast to your feet. Be diligent in your duty, and keep your eyes on the goal. You know, Pastor Dennis Lyle has said tonight that sometimes Mondays aren't easy. Well, there are some other days not too easy either. But don't you worry about that. With all your up and downs, remember this. A pastor, a bit concerned about some of his members who were not attending the meetings, he went to one of them and very graciously he said to them, Brother, you really need to join the army of God. The man replied, But pastor, I am in the army of God and I've been there for many, many years. To which the pastor replied, well, I never see you much at the meetings, except at Easter and at Christmas. What part of the army are you in? To which the man replied, Pastor, I'm in the secret service. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to be with them all, Peter. And God bless you. Good evening, everyone. It's a privilege to uh, to be here tonight. And I want to thank the Grange Church for your, your kind welcome to a very special evening in your own history. And to just see another, there are many inductions taking place actually in the next few weeks. And that's wonderful that God is at work in our churches. Uh, some people think we're finished, gone away because COVID was here. Not about it, but the church is growing. And that's so encouraging. Churches have been planted. Churches are, are joining. And one little phrase here in the, in the, Philipp, the, the letter to the Philippians chapter 1, and it simply says, your partnership in the gospel. Your partnership in the gospel. The Association of Baptist Churches in Ireland, 119 partners in the gospel. There are many others, of course, uh, beyond that, who proclaim the same truth as we do. But we work together. We can put missionaries on the mission field. We can put uh, people called of God into pulpits. 
we can put under God again leaders into various <coughs> situations in the life of the church through elders teaching or teaching on eldership, teaching on, on deacons. And all of this is working together through the college, through Baptist women, through Baptist youth, through the Insight magazine where we learn about <coughs> part one and love it there. I just want to thank you on behalf of the association for your help, your support in Grange to all that we do together. Be assured that you as a church are prayed for and you as a pastor will be prayed for. Because even though you may be smaller and apparently away from Belfast, you're not forgotten about. Um, many of us have ministered in churches that have been almost, we thought, forgotten about. And yet God works in all ways, in all situations. He is a great God. So it's the prayer of our association uh, and my prayer that church and pastor will here at Greens Baptist continue to proclaim the Lordship of the Saviour, the only Saviour, Jesus Christ. Continuing to build on the work of others who have been here. And even before this building was erected, there were people sent to this area to share the Word of God, to preach the Gospel of the Lord Jesus. I came up across a new hymn today. Uh, I was just reading hymns. Uh, not, not a great singer of them, but I love reading them. Um, this one is a new one, and the first line is this, there is one gospel. And I'm just going to explain what that is. There always has been, and there always will be, until that day when Christ calls his church, his bride, together. So Peter, folks at Grange, on behalf of those other 118 churches, we do pray that God will richly bless you as you partner with us and we partner with you. Independent, yes. Interdependent, absolutely. For the glory of our God. Thanks so much, gentlemen, for those uh, important, short, pertinent readings. Really, really appreciate it. And we've got down challenge remarks here, folks, and uh, all I can say is this, that we're ready for a drop of tea. I've been practicing that for 53 years since I've been in those. But it's been a tremendous evening and we appreciate so much all those who have taken part and we thank them in the Lord's name for their participation. We also thank so much the ladies who prepared for us uh, some supper this evening and I've been instructed that all you've got to do is to stay where you are and you'll be waited on hand and foot. What could be better than that? So, lovely to see you. Continue to enjoy the fellowship on a more personal level. And we rejoice together in God our Saviour and in the calling of God's servant to great practice. Now, let's sing our final hymn now. What a hymn to finish on. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And then, after we sing together, we'll ask for David, David Cameron, just to come and give the benediction and the grace for the refreshment that we shall receive. Blessed assurance. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Let's stand and sing. Thank you.